Well, we're coming to uh, the end of the Easter, the holidays, but uh, Easter's never ending, is it? Uh, in many ways, every Sunday is, uh, is resurrection morning. And uh, this morning, we're going to uh, continue to look at uh, one of Jesus' resurrection appearances. As, uh, as we join the two walking on the road to Emmaus. No doubt a familiar story to many of us, but a story that's worth looking at again and again. And uh, the two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, uh, their journey on the road was one of disappointment. They were on the road to disappointment. The disciples were disappointed in the way that things had turned out. It's interesting, as we read the scripture, uh, faces downcast. He was a prophet, notice the past tense. And of course, uh, we had hoped. In other words, uh, the things that they had hoped for had disappeared. Uh, They no longer had hope. These men were going home Disappointed, discouraged because Jesus hadn't turned out how they had expected him to be. They wanted Jesus to redeem Israel. They had hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. They wanted Jesus to conquer the enemy and set up a kingdom of righteousness that would last forever. And so they walked down this road despondent, disappointment discouraged. Have you noticed how many uh, words begin this and, uh, and end in a rather sad way? On the road to disappointment, uh, our friend Philip Yancey uh, knows something about being disappointed with God, so much so that he's written a whole book about it. Uh, he confesses himself that it's not a great title to sell itself to, to Christians disappointed with God. But in it, this is what he says. He says, I found that for many people there's a large gap between what they expected from their Christian faith and what they actually experience. From a steady diet of books, sermons and personal testimonies, all promising triumph success, they learn to expect dramatic evidence of God working in their lives If they do not see such evidence, they feel disappointed. Interesting, isn't it, that that Philip Yancey suggests that for many people there's a large gap between their expectation and what they actually experience. And I wonder whether that's true for you. And I wonder whether that's true for me. Uh, Whether... When we come to the scriptures and and we read some wonderful things and uh, we read wonderful testimonies and we hear fantastic stories about how God is at work, whether there's a gap between what we read and what we hear happening elsewhere between what's actually happening in our own lives, in our own church, in our own situation. Maybe you're familiar with the road of dis- disappointments. Maybe uh, if you were brave enough like Philip Yancey, not only to admit it, but to speak about it, you too might say, well, I, actually, I'm disappointed with God. I've prayed about this and I've prayed about that. And uh, if I'm being totally honest, God hasn't come up with the goods. 
Um, I've prayed about this person. Um, maybe for years and years and nothing's happened. Um, sometimes we're not uh, at ease actually saying how it is in real life. That very often we are disappointed. Because if we're honest, we don't see a lot of dramatic action from God, do we? I'm sure some of you uh, will grab me after and you'll tell me some dramatic stories about what's, what's happening in your life. And if that's so, then praise God and please tell those stories. But let's not silence those people that, are, that feel disappointed because these two people, they were feeling disappointed with God. And you notice that their disappointment led them away from the other group of disciples. They were leaving the disciples and wandering off on that road to disappointment. And so often that's what happens, isn't it? People become disillusioned and disappointed with God and they remove themselves from the group of disciples. They exclude themselves, very often because they're disappointed. Uh, Disappointed about uh, the way in, in, in which things have turned out. I'll be honest, when I came out of, uh, of, of Bible uh, college when I was uh, 30-odd, I, I imagined that I was going to change the world, that I was going to be the next Billy Graham. I imagined that, that I'd only have to stand up and, and, and preach and hundreds of people would, would flock forward. Um, because that's what we were all going to do when we left college. We were all going to do that. Um, but it, it hasn't turned out like that. Uh, there's been a trickle of, of one or two. And uh, sometimes it, it feels disappointing. And uh, sometimes we have to acknowledge that and, 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 and mention it and say it. And uh, these two disciples, they were on that road to disappointment. All their dreams had been squashed. Everything that they had hoped for. They'd put all their hopes in this Jesus. They'd followed him perhaps for three years. And he died on a cross. And in that death on a cross, their hopes had died. And they walk back to Emmaus. Heads down, disillusioned. When Jesus comes and walks alongside them. It's interesting, in the NIV it says, they were kept from recognising him. They were kept from recognising him. And as I read that, I I start to think, you know, what was it that kept them from recognising Jesus? Was it some sort of supernatural thing that kept them from recognising Jesus? It seems to be uh, something about the resurrection appearances. Remember Mary in the garden, she thought Jesus was a gardener. Uh, when Jesus was on the shore and he was calling out to disciples fishing, they didn't recognise him and, until they got that wonderful catch and John suddenly realised what was happening. There does seem to be something. But maybe it was just that they weren't expecting to see Jesus because they knew that he had died three days ago. So you can't really blame them for not expecting to suddenly be walking along the road with Jesus. I wonder for us though, what are the things that keep us from seeing Jesus? What are the things that keep us from seeing Jesus? Maybe it is disappointments. Maybe it is circumstances in our lives uh, that haven't worked out in the way that we hoped. There's all sorts of things. Maybe it's just the busyness of life that keeps us from seeing Jesus. Maybe we've lost something of that first love for Jesus And uh, we just don't see him as often as we used to see him. When we first became uh, believers, he seemed to be everywhere. Every corner we turned, he seemed to be there. And now, somehow, he doesn't seem to be there. 
We've all experienced those times when it just feels like God isn't there, that our prayers aren't reaching any further than the ceiling. And so maybe we can identify with these two disciples on that road to disappointment. But notice it was on that road to disappointment that Jesus comes and walks along beside them. And I take great comfort from that. Uh, That it always is Jesus making the approach to us. He always comes and seeks us out. Even when we're wandering off, even when we're wandering away, Jesus seeks us out and walks alongside us. Sometimes we don't recognise it. And the road to disappointment uh, becomes the road to discovery. The road to disappointment at some, sh- at some point along that journey becomes a road to discovery. Because as they enter into a conversation with Jesus, still not realising it's Jesus. Still not. Have you ever been in that situation where, where you've kind of, you've, maybe you've saw somebody and you thought, kind of half recognise that or you, you've perhaps mistaken somebody I was in the, in the Trafford Centre once and, and this woman came running up to me uh, with her two children and said can I have your autograph <laughs> well I, I, I preached in a few churches and I thought well you know I thought oh, I didn't think anybody no one's ever asked me my autograph before as the, as the conversation went on she, she thought I was one of the chuckle brothers <laughs> could I convince this woman that I wasn't she wanted Part of me thought it would be easier actually just to sign <laughs> Chuckle Brother. I didn't, I didn't really know the names. Um, but she, she went away very disappointed. Very disappointed. Wouldn't give me, a, wouldn't give me an autograph. <laughs> it's not, I'm not him, I'm not him. Failed uh, to recognise. Well, these two disciples were walking along with Jesus. They didn't ask for his autograph. They didn't know who he was. Uh, but they enter into this conversation and they can't believe that Jesus hasn't heard of what's going on. And uh, Jesus, in, in all innocence, says, I love it, he says, what, what, what things? It's a great thing, isn't it, when Jesus says, what things? And of course he does that to draw out of them their story. So that they can tell Jesus where they are. And then they, of course then they pour out their souls about the things that they'd hoped for, the things that they'd hoped to see, and how disappointed and disillusioned they were. And uh, Jesus is kind, isn't he? He says, how foolish you are. How foolish you are. I can identify with that because because so often we don't see, do we? So often we don't see what God is doing. So often we're so slow to catch up with what God is trying to do that we are foolish, aren't we? How foolish you are. But do you notice what Jesus does? Um, On the road to discovery, Jesus points them back to scripture. Jesus points them back to scripture. And uh, he explained to them what was said in all scriptures concerning himself. And of course the commentators here laxidate about how, uh, what must he have said? What, what, what insights? What a shame that that sermon, that Bible study wasn't recorded as Jesus opened up all the, the scriptures about himself from, from beginning with Moses right through the Old Testament. That scripture is pointing to this one person. That scripture was pointing to this event in history, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he points them back to scripture. And one of the things I've noticed about people is when they're disappointed and when they're disillusioned, the least likely thing they're allowed to do is to actually open their Bible. 
But often, not only do they, do they walk away from fellowship, they leave their Bibles closed. At the very time, we need to be encouraged, and uh, we need some word to encourage us and stir us. People close their Bibles. And Jesus opens the Scriptures, and he points them to the Scriptures. And he tells them, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explains to them what was said to him about himself. We need to encourage people to open the Scriptures. We need to encourage people to search the Scriptures, to explore, to study. Because, obviously, something that Jesus said to them... um, made them want Jesus, made them want him to stay with them. Because they asked him to, 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 to stay with them. Because Jesus said he acted as if he was going to go further. But no, they say, uh, come in, uh, continue. Sometimes it happens, you know, when you're preaching, people say, don't stop. Carry on, give us another half hour. Not very often. <laughs> don't worry, it won't happen this morning. <laughs> On the road to discovery. We need to, we need to search the scriptures. Our friend Rob Bell, some of us will be uh, uh, seeing him this week in his book, Jesus Wants to Save Christians Too. He says this, in Jesus' day, people could read, study and discuss the scriptures their entire lives and still miss its central message. In Jesus' day, people could follow him, learn from him, drop everything to be his disciples, and yet find themselves returning home thinking Jesus had failed. Which is a bit like walking with someone for hours, only to discover that you missed who they really are the whole time. Because the stranger is, of course, Jesus. I find that quite insightful, really, because many of us... Uh, have been walking with Jesus. Many of us have been studying the scriptures for years and years. Could it be possible that we've actually missed the point? Could it be possible that we've actually missed actually something really significant in seeing who Jesus is? You can read and study the scriptures and still not find Jesus. I think he makes a, a really valid point on this road to discovery. It's important when we, when we turn to the scriptures that we do actually find Jesus. That it actually makes a difference. Um, and, you know, when we say we're going to have a Bible study, not everybody gets excited. Why is that? Why is that? These disciples were so excited, they wanted Jesus to, to stay with them. And uh, the road from disappointment turns to the road to discovery. And of course it leads to the road to discipleship. Because as they, as they open up their homes and invite Jesus in, Jesus comes in. And it's when Jesus takes the bread. When he was at the table with them. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it. Took bread, gave thanks, broke it. Does that ring a bell? Took bread, gave thanks, broke it. You can almost imagine the scene, can't you? That when Jesus broke the bread, the disciples, it suddenly clicks for them. Hang on a sec. We've seen this before. Can you tell what it is yet? Can you tell what it is yet? Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And he disappeared from their sides. Oh, we just had him. He was here. And And he's gone. And isn't that what it's like very often in our faith? Just as we think we're getting somewhere. 
just as we think we're about to grasp something, Jesus disappears from their sight. But they knew now, they knew. Uh, Tom Wright says this, Only when we see the Old Testament as reaching its natural climax in Jesus will we have understood it. Equally, we'll only understand Jesus himself when we see him as the one whom scripture points not only in isolated text, but in the flow of the story. And when we grasp this, we like Cleopas and his wife will find our hearts burning within us. You see, they went from a heart-breaking experience to a heart-burning experience. Because when Jesus opened up their, the scriptures and when Jesus broke the bread, their hearts were on fire. Their hearts were beating. They knew that they were in the presence of the risen Jesus Christ. And it was exciting. Do you notice in, in, in the stories of the resurrection that there's a lot of running from here to there? Have you noticed that? Mary rushes to tell the disciples, John and Peter have a race to the tomb to see it. And now Cleopas and his wife rush back to tell the other disciples what they've seen. There was an excitement. Their hearts were burning because the scriptures had been opened, bread had been broken, and they saw Jesus. I wonder whether our hearts still burn with excitement for Jesus. I wonder whether we will rush to tell people our experience of God. Or whether we'll just kind of plod along as normal, because that's what we do. I wonder whether some of us actually long for our hearts to burn again. For Jesus to come alongside us. Even if we're on that road to disappointment. Even, when, even if things haven't turned out quite as we hoped they would. Can we recognise Jesus walking alongside us? Can we recognise him speaking to us through scripture? Can we see him in broken bread? On the road to discipleship, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? When was the last time our hearts burned? with excitement for Jesus. The road to discipleship. This for them was the beginning of the road to discipleship. Because they had now met the risen Jesus Christ. And that's always the beginning of the road to discipleship. When we meet the risen Jesus Christ. It's the beginning of a journey. That journey will involve uh, being on the road to disappointment. Because let's face it. Um... Sometimes we do make it sound better than it actually is in this life, don't we? Sometimes we make it sound like all you've got to do is ask God and he'll give you whatever you want. Somebody's not well, just pray for them and God will heal them. You've got a problem at work, just pray about it and it will disappear. We've heard people speak like that. We know people that speak like that. And sometimes that can just lead to a a false expectation because when we really face a difficult situation and cry out to God and nothing changes, we're left disappointed. And so, following Jesus involves walking on that road of disappointment. It's interesting that Jesus says, did you not realise 
that Jesus had to suffer and die? Did you not realize that following me is about walking on a road that involves suffering and death? We don't always talk about that a great deal, do we? The road to disappointment. um, Some of us are on a road to discovery. We're discovering new things. And we should never stop discovering new things as we open the scripture. Even as we look at familiar stories, there'll always be something new that God wants to open our eyes to. And all of us are on that road to discipleship. We're all disciples. We're at different stages on the journey. Some of us are racing ahead. Some of us are lagging behind. But we're all on that road of discipleship. And we need to encourage each other. Sometimes we need to help each other recognize Jesus. Because there will be those on the road that can't recognize him for themselves. And need us to come alongside them and point out, this is Jesus. And so wherever you are this morning on this journey of discipleship. Whether you're on a road that's involving disappointment. Or whether you're on a road that's involving discovery. Take heart from the fact that Jesus joins us. And walks alongside us. And seeks us out. And speaks into our situation.